This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello. And welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are resuming our list of 350 good questions to ask from conversationstartersworld.com. We are resuming at number 267. Uh, if we can, we'll try to tie these into Line Dance because, you know, it's a Line Dance related podcast, hence the name. Line Dance Podcast. 267, what's your best example of easy come, easy go? For me, I would just, the first thing that comes to mind would be a dance that I cram for like a demo that I learn in five minutes and then don't dance again. That's the last time I I will remember having ever had the experience of doing that dance. Um, I think sort of along the same lines. I know that there's a lot of dances now that I've had the experiences and the ones I have learned and even the ones I've been a part of choreographing under my belt. I can now understand how to follow a lot easier. And so I can see some of the less complicated dances just following and uh, that's kind of an easy come and because I didn't actually learn them I just followed them there they go (laughs) that's kind of where I'm at with that one Um, yeah I mean trying to stay positive I go very dark with the whole way this world is working currently and the lack of events so, uh, yeah. Um, you mentioned choreography, and I think that would be another example where if, if I just knock something out too quickly, then I might not be as attached to it. If I just hear the song a few times, put something out there, write up a step sheet, which is extremely rare. This, uh, this does not happen much. Uh, then, yeah, I probably won't remember it the next time the song comes on or won't remember it 100%. Whereas if I'm listening to the song on loop for weeks and I'm agonizing over like the last 16 counts because for some reason the first 16 for me are fine it's the second half that has me second guessing and doubting and saying that it's not quite done yet once I'm done if all of the the steps align just perfectly I probably won't forget the dance because I put that much time into it yeah if um if I just whip up something for like we did with uh, a few competitions a few years ago, did it kind of overnight. Couldn't dance those if you asked me. Uh, number two, six, eight, what small change greatly improves a person's appearance? Smile. That would be a big one. Actually smiling, especially while dancing. That's absolutely small, but makes such an impact. Um, The other thing I would almost even say is the difference between like when you're at a workshop and you're in your learning clothes or your workout gear, taking that extra step just, you know, at night to change your shirt so that, you know, just looks a little bit cleaner since you've been in it all day. Uh, for social dancing, having that extra little something kind of peps it up. But yeah, hands down, absolutely. Smile. Along with smile, as I'm straightening up slightly, I would also say posture. Standing up straight looks confident and clean. Clean lines from base of spine to top of head, um, shoulders, just Standing up straight, imagining there's a balloon stuck to the top of your head and it's pulling you up. Uh, When you're doing your turns, instead of thinking around, think up. And that might keep everything a little tighter. So an upright appearance um, and extending that to the movements you do from there. Also, wearing clothes that fit. You mentioned dressing up for evening. And if you're a guy let's say, and you have a t-shirt and jeans combination that really suits your body, even if you're lanky and kind of have an awkward frame, 
that might look better on you than a big baggy suit. You think that a suit will make you look better because it's more expensive, but if it doesn't fit, you look uncomfortable. So finding clothes that fit whatever level of fanciness they might be, I think would help a lot because you'll look comfortable. You'll feel comfortable and that will show. And when you are comfortable, other people feel comfortable around you. And when people say he looks good or he looks bad, what they're sort of saying is how do I feel when I see that person? If I see this you know, movie star on, on the red carpet and I'm in awe, I'm, I'm experiencing internal sensations of wonder and amazement, I will say that person looks good or that person looks, you know, if they're on the street corner in a bunch of grubby clothes, you say, oh man, that person looks terrible. It's because you feel uncomfortable. You see them and you think they probably smell and now my like disgust receptors are firing and, you know, I... I, I bet that if I go too close to that person, I will become unhealthy. I, I should keep my distance. Those feelings translate to he looks bad. Um, so yeah, having a, a big smile, upright posture and clothes that fit will make you look comfortable and pleasant to be around and healthy. And other people will see that and then feel that way. And they will say, he looks good. He looks bad. Well, they won't say he looks bad. <laughs> Number 269, the goose drank wine. What topic could you spend hours talking about? <laughs> so, line dance? <laughs> Let me tell you about this podcast we got going on. Um, okay, obviously dance is a huge thing. Um, if allowed... I could probably talk about my work being involved with animals um, incessantly. I could probably talk movies, a lot of movies. Um, Try to think. Uh, Given the circumstance, I could certainly talk about all of my new discoveries about being a vegan. And letting my extra nerd slash geeky flag fly, I could probably talk a lot about Pokemon and video games. So, yeah. First thing that came to mind was nature. How things interact, what causes certain things to happen in the natural world second was hypothesizing human motivations trying to figure out why people do what they do i find that interesting and if i know a couple of things or if i can pick up some things just based on what i know like appearance or vocal tone or anything like that i can riff off that for a while and say well if this is the way they are in this case then that's probably because of these other things earlier in their life and given all of that give in a new situation i would expect that they would act in this or that way uh, dance wise i could tell you some things about how genius rachel's dances are as well as roy's and I can point out to you the things, especially in Rachel's dances, that she's hitting when she syncs up movement with lyrics and little background music things. That's where Roy really shines, is hitting instrumentation that isn't explicitly highlighted in lyrics, but which he noticed and thought that you should notice too. I could, I could just go dance upon dance upon dance. Starting with Give It Back by Rachel McEnany White. You should have a good long look at that one. Number 270. What happens regularly that would horrify a person from 100 years ago? And before I even think about that, I should also clarify Roy Hadisubroto, since I didn't say it. I just said Roy. That could be Verdonk. That could be any number of Roy's. But Roy Hadisubroto is the, the Roy I was referring to in the previous question. And also some credit for um, Fiona Murray as well, um, because together they also are able to hit some very cool stuff. 
Anyway, number 270, what happens regularly that would horrify a person from 100 years ago? If we're looking at line dance, the exposure of skin in country bars, and just the general lack of decorum in dance. I don't personally have a problem with it because you know times change and fashions change, but 100 years ago would be 1920, and there would be a lot of scoffing and and hullabaloo about what is being seen on our dance floors at the country bars maybe less so in the event world but maybe a little bit there too sweatpants and leggings and whatnot the scandal the horror your thoughts i don't know like i feel like i would need a second to refresh my mind about 1920 and what was going on in the world then. Um, Doesn't it seem like it should have been longer ago? It totally seems like it should have been longer ago. When you said 1920, you went, oh, you're right. You're right. Ouch. Um, I would probably have to say everything that happens on an average daily basis from cell phones and computers and emails and text messages and you know uh pictures and cars and the price of things <laughs> like i mean there's so much that yeah i mean cuz it depends on what you mean by horrifies cuz it could be just other shock or it could be a negative thing. Um, there's just so much. Uh, two that came to mind were the language that is used in some of the songs for Lion Dance. Some language and topics. And language and topics, Megan says. Uh, and also, we were kind of talking about this recently regarding how sometimes people want to go back to another time, like the 50s, where, quote, ev- quote unquote, everything was great, you know, leave it to Beaver and, and going to work and making, making dinner for the family, like all of these things that seem normal if you're white in America and of a certain, like, income. So if we're saying uh, what happens regularly that would horrify a person from one, uh, 100 years ago because of the last several months, you know, here's my obligatory mention of uh, if you are very conservative and non-minority, you might be horrified to see how much influence there is in culture by people of color. And in 1920, there wasn't really like a ton of integration. If you look at just like integrating schools in this country, that was what, 1960s. 40 years later and in 1920 there were still things like lynchings so for people of color to be successful and wealthy and influential would probably horrify some people from 100 years ago and a lot of that is in line dance we're very diverse crowd and uh, i think we're stronger for it you have a thought i do have a thought the idea of women not wanting babies that would be probably a big culture shock. The idea of, of women being of certain age and not wanting to be married. That would be another big one. Um, women in power. If we're going to go on that train. Uh, that's probably a pretty big one. The type of music, I think. I think given the big band era, era, and how that music was and how it sounded and what it incorporated, I think music nowadays would shock a lot of people. Also, shout out to all of our our wonderful LGBTQ people in the line dance community with the PDA and genuine expressions of love. That happens, that kind of thing happens all the time in line dance at events or even in bars you know you've got oil can harry's down in los angeles you've got sundance saloon in san francisco and people are openly whatever flavor of gender and 
you know, sexual preference. And that a hundred years ago would have been heavily persecuted. So again, an example of how uh, the line dance community really brings everybody together from all fields and, and how a safe space is offered and available for all of those people who might not have had a place a hundred years ago. 271. What do a lot of people hope will happen, but is just not going to happen? <laughs> Ouch. Line dance events in 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of as, as brutal as I can get. We're still hoping that the last like three that uh, I'm uh, waiting on for the U.S. specifically... We're hoping beyond hope, but uh, as we approach week by week, I'm uh, having a little bit more struggles as the first one gets closer. Yeah. Um, Related to that, a few months ago we heard that, you know, the, uh, the current unpleasantness in the world... We'll just go one away one day like a miracle. And a few months later, it hasn't happened yet. So <laughs> I think that is a hope that one day, oh, miraculously no one's sick anymore and we can all go back to normal. Um, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be that easy. Uh, places like Taiwan actually have taken measures to make their local unpleasantness uh, manageable. So they do get to host an event, August 2nd. One-day event with Joey Warren, Roy DiSoprotto, Fiona Murray, Darren Bailey. They made it happen. They did all the right things. And we here in this country, <laughs> we wait. Uh, what else is something? Oh, you have a thought. Did you have a thought? No. Um, what do a lot of people hope will happen, but it's just not going to happen? Oh, yeah. Um, watching a dance and having it make sense the first time and just getting all the steps. You actually have to kind of do the dance. Usually, if it's not like an absolute beginner dance, it helps to be up on your feet, doing the steps, repeating the steps, sleeping on it, trying it again the next day before you'll feel like you can do it like the back of your hand. But uh, I guess people sometimes hope that uh, just learning it 30 seconds before they have to demo it will be enough. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Knowing all the dances. Oh my gosh. Yeah, hopefully people will, you know, have heard some of the previous episodes that we've done and know about my personal line dance journey where I thought that I could learn all the dances that exist just by going to all the country bars in California. And then I found out about the circuit. I went to Vegas Dance Explosion and uh, it's not going to happen. And that's not even like... Whereas before, when I was on my bar journey, I was thinking, I mean, I could learn these dances even if I don't want to dance the dances. I could at least learn them just to say I know them and just check them off. And now I could maybe learn the vast majority of dances that are done at events in this country within a year. But there are still thousands and thousands of dances that probably aren't danced many places if anywhere or that maybe i just don't think i would want to learn like what if there are three pages on copper knob uh no actually there are more than that for things like uh the song uh can't stop the feeling yeah um uh, uptown funk if you already know a dance that you like dancing to it and maybe you know a couple others that are popular so you can have the option to dance those that's probably enough. There is no need to learn another couple dozen that other people have have put out for that song when there are so many other dances you could learn that go to other songs. So I guess some people, uh, a lot of people hope might happen. Uh, something that a lot of people hope might happen would be learning all the dances for events, but it's probably not going to happen because there are always new dances. Classics keep being pro- uh, brought out and maybe you learned quote unquote the wrong one to whatever senorita or something yeah that's okay there's a a saying about 
your grasp exceeding your reach. Somebody should Google it so they get the right version of the order of all of those words. Um, the idea is you should always keep reaching. It'll keep you going. It gives you something to do. Once you have everything, what do you do with it? Number 272. What's the weirdest thing that has happened to you while working at your job? Weirdest thing that's happened to me. I mean, my job generally during the day, I mean, before all of the global stuff, um, it was singing at senior communities, which isn't really related to line dance. Uh, if you look at line dance instruction as a job or DJing, um, weirdest thing that's happened to me while working at my job. Okay. Uh, one that comes to mind is when I was teaching for Ira's line dance cruise sensation, Texas line dance sensation or some variation on that. Um, this year I had never taught line dance in an environment where the floor can move. So when we'd be teaching or learning the other instructors dances, we would be learning the steps while also maintaining our balance. That was that was weird for line dance for me. As far as bars, teaching at bars, teaching at events, nothing too crazy. I was definitely shocked at how many people showed up for Dance Monkey Dance at Florida Line Dance Classic. That kind of felt like a, a weird thing to happen to me that so many people showed up that I had to like adjust where I was in the room and make sure everyone could see me. That was kind of crazy. Hmm. Anyway, your thoughts? Weirdest thing so hard to like specify weirdest because like I don't know I don't generally think of things as weird oh you have a thought yes there was the time at Kansas City That's dancing up a storm go ahead God, say. I'm assuming you're you're talking about the time at Kansas City where a song came on and you and I looked at each other and we're like, hey, do you remember when we had a dance to this? And we started looking and we're trying to remember it. And we're trying to look at the da- dancers that were dancing. We're like, wait, they're dancing our dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was the only one I could see. I was going to pull up as as the closest thing that I could think of as weird. Um, that would certainly be one of them. I'm sure I've had some weird conversations as a DJ uh, on my regular Thursday nights, I'm sure. Uh, Also, my other job has to do with animals, and animals are just weird. So, um, I, I would probably say I could name more cute things or disturbingly yicky things for my one profession working with animals and then as for line dance I mean I don't know I can honestly say I'm always excited I'm always excited when people say compliments and nice things to me about my teaching and my dancing and my DJing and like I'm always I just always think it's weird because like you know here I am me and I've only been doing this for a few years and I am blessed enough to be able to you know attend events and DJ and teach at some events so yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of along the lines of weird because it's still very surreal to me. But uh, again, it would be more surreal than weird. You know, one weird experience with DJing was uh, at Vegas Dance Explosion when we kept the dancers up all night in our different ballrooms. And they were asking us if they could go to sleep. <laughs> and we told them they can go to sleep anytime they want. Like, they don't have to be down here just because we're DJing in the two different rooms. And they refused. Like they needed us to shut it down so that they could stick it out to the end. It's like they needed permission to leave. And I had never experienced that sort of weird power as a DJ, like that we can put people to sleep or not. It's so strange that adults would have to ask us to go to bed. Yeah. To go off of that specific example, um, 
I think it's weird because you and I are always so eager to dance more at events. So it's it's weird that people would want to go to bed to the point where they all got together in agreement that they would leave both of our ballrooms, go into a third ballroom to take the survivor photo and invited both of us in our separate ballrooms to join them if we wanted to be in the survivor photo. Like they straight up boycotted us because they were like, we are done. We are tired. We cannot do this anymore. Our feet hurt. And uh, yeah, it was it was kind of funny when they were le- when they finally got to the point where I think it was like, five or six songs of them sheer like come on we're so tired you guys have got to stop it's kind of fun to also know that um we kind of threw down the gauntlet and i'm kind of impressed at our our, uh stamina in that sense but uh, yeah it was definitely a weird situation where i'm like what do you mean you're you can go to bed like, just because I'm down here doesn't mean you have to be. Like, you're more than welcome to stay. So, yeah. Related to that, it was also a kind of an odd feeling when I was working off of not requests at a, at a certain point. Like, people weren't requesting things, and I had to figure out, well, what do they know that I haven't already played? And I would be going on Facebook and looking through Luann Schemmel's SoCal line dance social playlists to see what they've been doing recently, because a lot of the people there were from Southern California and Dance with Luann, so I knew that whether or not they requested these, they know them. And it was kind of like being psychic. Like, I know you know this, and you don't know why I know this, but I know, and you will dance it. Thought? Yes, while you were doing that, I w- had the pleasure of having Mr. John Robinson in my room. And I went, okay, it's, I've seen him s- like talking for one or two songs. I know he knows this next one. And I know he will get out on the dance floor for this one because I'm aware of how many events he gets out on the dance floor for this song. So I'm going to play this song. Even if there's only two people on the floor, one will be John. And uh, it was kind of fun. It, it was it was. Along the lines of dance, monkey, dance. (laughs) Yep. Number two, seven, three. What questions would you like to ask a time traveler from 200 years in the future? First one, what dances are still being done? What's considered a classic? Do you have thoughts? I would certainly be interested in which dances are being done. I would be interested to know where the dances are being done. Space. Yes, if they were in hashtag space, uh, light dance in space. Let's do it. Um, just because I am impatient, I'd like to know when we get to go back to having regular events. Like, how much longer do I need to hold my? myself in this standstill you know try and find any possible outlet I can that's also safe for dancing um situation yeah I'd I'd love to know you know when when we're allowed to go back um I think I would also be interested in the idea because it's like 200 years so I had to really think about how to word this um who like if they could tell me the connection between the dancer slash instructor choreographers that are current and their inspiration and their inspiration's inspiration and back to line to find out like if anybody from our time right now was one of the catalysts to bring it forward into the next generation and so on and so forth like I think that'd be a very interesting daisy chain to know and like how you were doing the what dances are still being danced 
it's it would be interesting to see who who the influencers are for whatever trend is in the future i would want to know specifically about rachel and joe's descendants whether they are still teaching line dance and whether it it stayed a family tradition ever since the time of Rachel having Logan, Dylan, and Mason, and Joe having Anna. Because it's, it, it's definitely huge in the lives of Rachel McEnany-White and Joe thompson Zemanski, but like, will that stay in the family? Are there other questions? 200 years in the future. What music still holds up? Kind of like how there are some styles that we still hear sampled in music now. You were mentioned big band earlier, and there are things like electro swing. There, if it's two hundred years from now, there are probably still going to be common chord progressions. There are probably still going to be interesting beats. I wonder what will hold up and won't just seem dated and of its time. Like what's eternal for dance music? I'm thinking like 120 beats per minute, probably. A lot of, a lot of 120 BPM stuff out there. Um, I would also kind of like to know what uh, has changed in apparel. When you look at what people were wearing for dancing in the 1800s and what they wear for it now, what will they come up with in the next 200 years that will adapt to probably a severely overheated planet and also just the things that we'll learn about our own health. What what fabrics will help wick the sweat away more or what materials will be especially eco-friendly if we're looking at it optimistically? Yeah, if anything else comes up, maybe I'll circle back around. Number 274. Which way should toilet paper hang? Over or under? And I have two answers for this. One, for humans, over. Absolutely over. It's easier to grip. It doesn't stick to the wall. But if you own cats, under is acceptable. Because cats will play and they'll bat at the roll. And if they are slapping it while the toilet paper is hanging under, then it'll just continue to spiral. It won't unravel. If it's if it's hanging over, they can grip it with their claws and pull it all out. But this is actually a trick question because the real answer is bidet. <laughs> I was going to say flushable wipes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was definitely going to mention flushable wipes. But I was going to say definitely over because beards are acceptable, mullets are not. Ah, I've never heard it phrased that way. I like that. Yeah. Number 275, what's, oh no, you have dance answers for this. I know it. I'm going to hand it to you. Number 275, what's the most physically painful thing you've ever experienced? Pick an injury. <laughs> Pick an injury. Well, let's see. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, there's the dislocated hip that I did while dancing merry-go-round. There's the grade two calf tear that I acquired while dancing Moves Like Jagger. Still one of my favorite dances. Um, I have had plantar fasciitis. I have certainly done the twisted ankle thing and still danced. Um, Broken a leg. Uh most recently been through some other things um yeah pick an injury (laughs) for me i would just go with the rolled ankle at big bang when i was doing do something crazy and i threw my towel up too high and i fumbled a bit trying to get it and my feet left the ground as i was reaching up for it And when I came back down, I came down onto the side of my right ankle and I can still kind of feel it years later. If I put it in that angle where it rolled, I can still feel a a weirdness there that's different from the left ankle. I don't know if that'll ever go away, but I recommend to people... um, don't do it. Don't roll your ankle. Don't sprain it. 
be kind to your feet. You need them for dancing. So we do have an episode about injuries for those who, who wants to scroll back through our archives. Um, another one which is not dance related was when I was rollerblading and I was a mile in to the park that because we have a bunch of um, parks around here and it was uh, Howard Park slash, slash Spring Lake um, and I was a mile into the path which is up and down and around you know hills and mountains when I fell down a hill and tore open an area on the side of my knee and had to walk all the way back to my car because I certainly wasn't going to rollerblade. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was probably honestly one of the most painful things I've had to do. But I was a mile in. What are you going to do? They're only, you only can get out. Like you just kind of have to suck it up. So that one and probably the grade two calf tear. Those are the two that probably hurt physically hurt the most mentally and emotionally. That's a whole different story. But uh, yeah, the physically. Thanks for that month off, by the way, <laughs> where you challenged me with uh, learning code and uh, sign language, and I was learning French at the time, and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff to keep my mind occupied since I knew if I even remotely tried to dance, I was going to turn it into a grade three, and that requires surgery. I'm supposed to be asking you to stretch or remember to stretch before you dance, but... The person who reminds you does not remember, so you're on your own. Um, Number 276. What horror story do you have from a job you've had? I have one, which I won't tell because it's in a previous episode of the podcast, I'm sure. Um, It was my scheduled teach of, I believe it was Walk the Line at Vegas Dance Explosion. It was a morning teach. And... Megan was very helpful at the beginning of that lesson. And uh, that was one of those, the the blood is rushed away from my face. How quickly can I <laughs> travel through this hotel? Um, stories. <laughs> Hopefully I won't have to repeat it for anyone. Go find the episode. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um... When it comes to line dance related, I think there certainly was a moment while DJing that my computer froze. And I was lucky enough that it was still playing the song even though it was frozen and it unfroze before the next song played. So that was like the worst minute of my life. <laughs> Cause I was like, what, what do I do after this? I was, I was like trying to think of anything. So I was scrambling, I was pulling out my cell phone so that I could just plug it in real quick and play anything just so that I can reset my computer because I did listen to Louie about having backups for your backups for your backups. And I did have a whole huge line dance playlist accessible on my phone. And I also had, um, worst case scenario, a tablet. I knew I, I, I would have to go and gra- in the other room and grab my tablet, but it was still there. Uh, so that would have been probably one of the biggest panics that I, I've, I've personally gone through. Uh, the other one, ironically is the same horror story for you. That that was tough. That was that was frighteningly tough to process in my own way and my how to overcome the situation and make it the best it possibly could be. So, yeah. Same event, the performance and how we exited the stage for said performance. 
that is something that will stay with me for a long time. <laughs> ah, number 277. <laughs> What's the most rage-inducing game you've ever played? Monopoly! <laughs> you have strong thoughts on this. <laughs> no, Monopoly, just because it goes on and on and on and on and on. Do you do free parking gets you money, though? Like, do you extend it beyond the natural rules of the game? Free parking doesn't get you money? No. That's not it doesn't thing. get you a p- the money in the pot? There is no pot. Why is there no pot? <laughs> tells you how much I've uh, paid attention to reading the Monopoly rules. I don't know. And so, yeah, I used to do the, the free parking gets you money. I'll have to look back into that. It's a very scary thought. Um, rage, actual rage inducing game. Um, I don't, I I can genuinely say it is seldom that I would describe myself in a rage. Like I can get heated about certain political topics, but I generally just try and avoid talking about those with someone who isn't able to hold a actual calm conversation regardless if they share beliefs or if they disagree with my beliefs as long as you could remain civil I can remain civil so that's one of those things may I uh, suggest if you have any thoughts on this five great curveball throws in a row well I don't know if I'd say rage inducing it's annoying because I can always get to the fourth one and then I mess it up um that's for our Pokemon Go players out there, of which there are many in the line. I wonder how many of our listeners are Pokemon Go players. Go Team Mystic! Yes, hashtag Team Mystic. Um, I wonder if Jonathan Sachs still listens to our podcast, because I know he plays. Hmm. If you do, Jonathan, hi! Yeah, <laughs> um, rage-inducing games. Okay, I'm thinking anything line dance related that we've played because we have a lot of line dance games we're, we're supposed to be writing them down so that we don't forget them we haven't been um i guess the closest thing i could say and it's a far stretch from rage is the having to pick of three dances um, which one you would keep forever, which one you would dance one more time and then it can go away and which dance you don't ever get to dance again. Like sometimes the choices can be extremely frustrating because you're like, but I like them all and I want them all forever. So I think that would be the closest to frustration. Like, and the question had to do with rage, so like we're pulling at straws here. No, that absolutely would have been my answer as well, because you have also asked me before of the three, which one, you know, since it's it's essentially FMK rules, you've selected three that I I would have taken around back behind the shed. And I I have to keep one forever? <laughs> That is a difficult that is a difficult choice because you can't you can't bring them all back there. You don't have enough arms. <laughs> uh, other than that, like I don't think I've ever felt rage at 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 line dance yeah. bingo. Like if you miss it, I mean we don't win anything, so no stakes. What was the one? That I thought we came up with one recently, and I was supposed to write it down. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't a word search. It wasn't a Sudoku. It was, maybe it was, oh, yeah, it was the guessing one. Um, though, you know, if you drop enough hints, then like the other person can figure out what dance you're referring to. But that doesn't really induce rage. Um, how about the step sheet one? The step sheet one. Where I'll read, the step sheet one where I'll read like so many steps at a time and then you have to guess what dance it is. That, I do remember feeling some frustration when you, when you went with funk and feel it because I hadn't danced it in a long time. So when it was like the side and cross side and cross, da, 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 
or mambo step, coaster step, side and cross, side and cross. I hadn't done it recently enough for that to be a, an especially unique pattern. But once the answer came out, then I'm like, yeah, that actually was one of my favorite parts of that dance because it hits the music so well. But like mambo step, coaster step, that could be in so many dances. Um, there was another one. It was after what I was just saying about guessing the dance. Ah, maybe we'll come up with it after after this episode is over. But I, I think there was another. Oh yes, um, what is that game that we play with quick steppers um, after the Doug and Jackie event? Because you could totally do that with line dances, oh, like almost like. Um, um, it's like a charade game. Yeah, it's like categories or gesture. Maybe gesture was one of them. But anyway, you could definitely do a line dance game based on. Um, on acting out what the name of the dance is. And as we've seen from friends, that can lead to some rage <laughs> if you don't quite guess a bean correctly. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the next one. We have 278. What's the... Wait a second. What's the most rage-inducing game you've ever played? They never specified that the rage would have to be experienced by us. We kind of induced some rage in those dancers at Vegas when we were playing the game of how long can we make we them really dance? <laughs> uh, two seven eight. What's the biggest overreaction you've ever seen? Oh, we've got some line dance stories, but I'm not. I'm going to pass it to you instead. Okay, so here's the thing. It says seen. Oh, true. Not just heard. Not just heard. Seen. And we've only been on the scene for a few years. We missed a lot of the fun stories that we have heard. However, however, I love you to pieces. I love you to the moon and back. But Louis, stop making me cry. Stop making me cry. It's not fair. Um... Yeah, that's two Vegases now. Two Vegases you've made me cry. I had actually <laughs> forgotten about um, the most recent Vegas incident because that's true. I remember. <laughs> I think he, he, he said he was going to do some things. There was a blade involved. <laughs> I'm glad I survived to make it to this episode. Um the one that I was thinking also involved Louie, and it was Windy City 2016. Um, but, I mean, that equipment is very expensive, so I understand his, his strong feelings on keeping it all safe and uh, unbroken. Um, boy. Louie, I will also disclaim with um, ha- having the sort of skill set and personality and stories and just overall package that yes there are uh, going to be times of conflict and reaction and then also these times of generosity and genuine inclusion and kindness and love for the scene and in theory it's people <laughs> um, and to know to know Louis fully, like the full scope of him is, I think, to know a complete human being. And I'm glad that he is still part of our community. Yes. And I guess I should uh, disclaim a little bit further. I was referring to my reaction and me crying at what Louis said, oh. being the overreaction. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, for me, it was definitely the opposite because I did not expect I was going to be threatened with what I was because of music. <laughs> um, but he wants to do his job well. You can definitely tell that he cares about pro- providing the greatest quality experience, especially when his name is attached to it in any way. And for anyone to potentially detract from that... Um, causes a reaction in him that is 
emotional. <laughs> Number 279, what are some of the most common misconceptions? I mean, I'm just going to say the one of line dance isn't always to country music. People seem to think that it is, but it's not. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to wear hat and boots. Um, and all the guys aren't gay. So, yeah, common misconceptions of line dance. What's the actual question? What are some of the most common misconceptions? Oh, okay. So, one misconception, all line dance is to country music and it's a bunch of hick stuff. Another misconception, if you're a guy and you dance with, like, feeling and vigor, you're probably gay in line dance. At least that's what I've gotten before. That's what one of the assumptions has been. Um, Go figure. Uh, I think that uh, the misconception of music is certainly probably hands down the biggest. Um, Another one would be that a lot of people don't realize that it is international. Um, and a lot of, a lot of it, I can say personally, is that you can't make a career out of it. And there are people out there that believe that it's a waste of money and just a passing fancy hobby. And that is a misconception. Uh, there's another one. Oh yes um, tags and restarts are bad and they are the choreographer's fault <laughs> Scooter Lee explained to a crowd I believe at Dancing for the Dream that tags happen because the music dictates it if you have a 32 count chorus four counts of random music that the musician put in there and then another 32 counts of verse or chorus or bridge or whatever, do you really want to throw off the entire dance for four counts just so you don't have a restart or a tag? The tag or restart is helpful for keeping you on phrase because what if the chorus says something about you got me turning in circles and I have to stop and catch my breath or something like that? You want to turn when they say turn. You want to stop when they say stop. If you dance through those four counts and you don't do some kind of a tag or dance the first four counts and restart, you're going to miss the turning on turning and the stopping on stop. So I think tags and restarts are helpful and it's especially helpful when the musician doesn't throw extra music in that derails an intended line dance uh, experience. You look like you have a thought. Soapbox. Yay. <laughs> that regional variations are a thing. We have previous episodes on this, if anyone would like to dig them up. We have strong feelings on, well, that's just how it's done here. It doesn't have to be. Step sheets exist. Yes, choreographers wrote things the way they wrote them for reasons. Number 280. What job doesn't exist now, but will exist in the future? Full-time line dance instructor. Thoughts? (laughs) Megan's currently choking on her beverage. Uh, (laughs) Line dance event director. Ouch. I guess you could throw the DJ in there too. Um, What job... Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist now. Tick tock. I, I don't know. Um, Maybe some sort of curator. Right now, I think the number of line dances is vast, but manageable. And somebody at some point is going to have to create like a gourmet rating system for dances so that it isn't just dependent upon a a retired DJ who no one asks for um, recommendations. And it's one thing to say, oh yeah, this was popular. These are the dances that were popular in 2004 or 1996. You can have that list online and not require a person, 
But unless somebody tells you a little something in a paragraph about each dance and gives you some story behind the significance of those dances, they're just names of dances. And what's there's nothing that, that compels you to look up 20 dances that were popular that year. And it's even less helpful to just look at a schedule of things that were taught at some event because I look back at Vegas two years ago, let's say, just two years, and the majority I would, I, I'm not even going to like go into my archives and pull the sheet out. I will tell you now, the majority of those dances are not being danced now because that's how some of these events are. Dances come out. If there isn't like a floor filler room or a place where guaranteed hit dances um, are being taught, it's all just eh, maybe they'll like them, maybe they won't. So you really don't know just by looking at a list or a schedule whether you will like a dance. And also, along with this gourmet re review and rating system, I think an ex a job that will exist in the future is maybe going to be automated, but a recommender, like a recommendation system, the way Amazon has those. You like certain dances, and that, kind of like Pandora, determines what will be recommended to you. Each of those dances has traits, qualities. Um, you know, this one was choreographed by Rachel or Masters in Line. This one's got a 120 BPM. Uh, this one's got country music or country elements. This one's more swing. This one's more hip hop. If you like enough of those things, then the system will dig through other popular dances and match the things, the elements from dances you already like with dances that have those elements that you don't know yet. And I think there should be a swiping system like Tinder where you go left or right depending on whether you already know or like a dance or whether you want to learn it. All kinds of app ideas. The job essentially is recommender. I was thinking actually in a long lines of your curator, a historian. There's no official historian of line dance. There's people who documented throughout certain periods of time, but no actual official historian. Shout out to Doris Voltz. She used to keep a, a site up, Line Dance Fun. Uh, you can still look it up on the Wayback Machine, archive.org. Uh, she doesn't keep it updated anymore. I really got to, we, we should, I, I don't know if uh, she would be willing to do a podcast interview at this point, because I think I asked her once. She's actually rather shy, uh, but we definitely need to chat with her since she's so local and has a wealth of information. Um uh, also, that person, hopefully this historian, would collect pictures like we've seen recently with the photo challenge on Facebook. People have been sharing what dance was like at Swiss Park in Newark, the historic um, locations for line dance in the Bay Area and you know events throughout the world. People have been sharing what they looked like 20 years ago with their hats and boots and everything before line dance changed or our perception of it changed. Um, I would like somebody to have all those stories collected along with just what dance you should learn. This should be a quick one in the last minute and a half. What awful movie do you love? God, there's so many. Um, that's not going to be a quick question for me. So tag, you're it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know how this would relate to line dance either. Maybe something that I saw on a plane, an awful movie that I watched like on a plane on the way to or from an event. If it's an awful movie, I'm probably not going to watch it or watch it all the way through. Uh, and if I love it, it's probably, I, mean, I can't think of like a dance movie that's terrible, but I love it anyway. Did you have a thought? You leaned forward. You might have a thought. Go for it. Okay, so I don't know how you'd say awful, but it definitely wasn't amazing. I have a special place in my heart. In this actual movie, I've been trying to come up with a dance that I could maybe put in as like a guilty pleasure instead of movie. But movie would be The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage and Shea Shell. It is not a good movie, but I love it. Um, yeah. I own very few movies, but it occurred to me that there's one that I own on DVD that I watched in probably 2004 with some friends of mine. It's called The Girl Next Door. Uh, with Alicia Cuthbert, I believe. And it's not going to be on anyone's like top critical list or anything like that, but it 
you know, it, it hit me at a time in my life when that seemed relevant and I will continue to appreciate it going forward. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, it stays in my collection. All right. That's about all the time we have for Lion Dance Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Christopher Gonzalez with Megan Barcelia. Until next time, we will see you on the dance floor. floor.